Welcome back, everybody, to the Classroom 33 podcast. As always, Pastor Dustin is here with Steve Prudian, and today we are going ahead, as promised, to Job 40 to talk about uh, how how God is uh, is continuing his challenge of Job. So, Steve, how are you this week? I'm fine this week, Dustin. Thank you for asking, as always. All right. You're very welcome. Um, so, I did challenge to not just read Job 40 for this week, but to also continue from 38 through 39. And uh, if you've done that, God's got a lot of challenges. He's got a lot of questions, and Job can answer absolutely none of them because he doesn't have any of the information. He doesn't know. It's really um, quite quite a speech, quite a lengthy um, inquisition, if you will, of all the things that Job doesn't know. And it just goes to prove how great our understanding isn't. How great is the knowledge that we do not possess? So now we're getting into chapter 40. And uh, we're going to start by reading. You want me to read cha- or, uh, verses 1, one through, through 14. 1 through 14. Keying in on 14. All right. So starting with verse 1, Then the Lord said to Job, Do you still want to argue with the Almighty? You are God's critic, but do you have the answers? And Job Job responds, Job replied to the Lord, I am nothing. How could I ever find the answers? I'll cover my mouth with my hand. I have said too much already. I have nothing more to say. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind, Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Will you discredit my justice and condemn me just to prove you are right? Are you as strong as God? Can you thunder with a voice like his? All right, put on your glory and your splendor, your your honor and majesty. Give vent to your anger. Let it overflow against the proud. Humiliate the proud with a glance. Walk on the wicked where they stand. Bury them in the dust and prison them with the world of the dead. Then even I would praise you, for your own strength would save you. And I'll repeat verse 14. Then even I would praise you, for your own strength would save you. That is, uh, that is quite the statement. Quite a challenge. That is quite a challenge. Thunder with a voice like God's. I think of Moses up on the mountain talking with God and how the people at the bottom of the mountain heard the thundering, booming voice of God, even though they couldn't understand what was being said. They thought it was just a storm. But it was loud, so loud that it was shaking the entire mountain and the ground around it. I can't do that. I mean, I'm loud. I can be really loud. I can't be that loud. You can't shake them. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. No way, no how. 
So God says to Job, what do you have to say for yourself? And uh, I kind of like that. Job's been humbled. Job has been humbled. I've said too much. I shouldn't have said the things that I said. He recognizes that he was in error. And he is going to put his hand over his mouth to prevent any more stupidity from coming out of it. And I wish sometimes I had the forethought to do that myself. <laughs> uh, all right, Steve. We've got a couple of things here. So one of the one of the questions we have is what right does the creature have over the creator? I think that sometimes the creature forgets that he has a creator. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. So subsequently the creature thinks that he is the creator of his own universe. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's interesting that when things aren't going right or things go bad, the creature doesn't want to blame himself for those things going bad. He wants to blame something else, someone else, or maybe he resorts to saying, it was God who did it. Mm -hmm. Blaming God, the creator, yeah. who did it. It's funny. There is no credit to a God or a creator when a person is in control. Right. And is getting his way and getting everything he wants. But when things have start falling apart that are unexplainable, some of them should fall apart because of certain actions. The person very seldom who will take the blame for for their deficiencies, but they'll blame everyone else. And ultimately, when you can't blame anyone else, you blame the invisible God. Yep. That is exactly what we do, and it's exactly the opposite of what we need to do. We need to give praise and glory to God for all the good things and blame ourselves when bad things happen. And that, I'm, and I'm, not trying to say that to take away from the sovereignty because God is in control and everything that happens is either God is allowing to happen or God is doing. I mean, we do know that. We can recognize that. None of this would have happened to Job had God not allowed Satan to go and test him. And the reality is Job isn't at fault. But He's affected. He's affected. It's still part of God's plan. God is still good. It doesn't make God a mean kid with a magnifying glass. God is still good, and God has a good plan for this. And part of that is so that we get to read it and we get to learn from it. There's no way for Job to know that. Mm -hmm. But he keeps going after God and blaming God for all that, 
all the bad that's happened and not taking any personal responsibility for any of it. Now, like I say, it's tough in this situation because God is sovereign and Job is righteous. Mm -hmm. So he didn't really deserve everything that's happening. But I think it's the difference. Maybe... Maybe maybe that's the difference in that uh, we've kind of talked to about it before, that kindergarten understanding. Good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. And living based on that understanding or getting to the next level where you just trust God and you trust that God has this for the good of whatever, for whatever good God is going to do, I'm in this situation right now. And I guess I'm just going to have to trust God. And maybe I've got to do some self-reflection because maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe part of why I am the, in the place that I'm in has to do with something I've done. And it's an opportunity for that reflection and that confession. Trust in God. Yep. Starts with humility. Yep. Unless you come humbly before God and give up your pride, you can never trust God. It's when you surrender yourself and you acknowledge that you are the creature mm -hmm. and never going to be as good as the creator. Or know what the Creator knows because you're only created on a need-to-know basis. Right. So, Job's whole story mm -hmm. is really attitudinal. It about is. having the wrong attitude or having the right attitude. Yeah, and there's not a person in this story that has the right attitude. You know... You just read about how God came to talk to Job. Yep. And he came to Job in a storm. In the whirlwind, yep. In a whirlwind. Think about that, okay? Where have we seen Job positioned throughout this story? Where is he living? He's living in the ash heap. Is, yeah. Okay. Now, who has been there in this on around this ash heap with him? His friends. His friends. Do you think his friends would be present when God shows up in a storm on the ash heap? It seems to reason that they would be there. Well, may, maybe that they decided they didn't want to deal with the storm. Depends on how much notice they are given right. before so, it so coming. Right, so they're not there. Maybe, just maybe, since the, the, the ash heap is the city dump, do you think wealthy guys would set up their residence next to the dump? No. No, I don't think so either. I think they came and visited with Job where he was at, but I don't think that they would lower themselves to be there. So when God shows up, guess what? It's Job and God alone. And ultimately, in our lives, it doesn't matter who lives around us. It's you and God alone. Right. 
And in this particular case, God has literally opened up the blinds to his vast stage of creation mm-hmm. of everything that he's made. And he's just saying to Job, where were you when I did these things? Okay. How, how did I do these things? Okay. Do you know what this creation does? Do you know the particulars about this creation or that creation? And literally a lot of these things, Job may have only known of these portions of creation by name only. He never had any experiences. He never met a hippopotamus. Right. He never met a dinosaur. He never met a dragon. Right. Okay. Uh, there is there is um, truth to believe that in um, the book of Job that he may have had some experience with behemoth. He may have yeah. had some experience with Leviathan. Well, he would certainly know what they are. Right. I mean... When God's talking to him and asking him, you know, he's, take a look at Behemoth, which I made just as I made you. Okay. So we know that Behemoth, it, real to, real thing. To look, he has to exist. Right. So take a look at Behemoth, which I made just as I made you. Okay. That's God saying that I created this Behemoth that you know. Whether you've heard stories or actually seen them. You know what it is I'm talking about. You understand. There's a, it's an analogy. He's he's giving this to Job as something that is comprehensible to him in order to show his greatness, which is completely and totally incomprehensible. So, behemoth is real. How big is behemoth? Behemoth is big with a tail like a cedar. Behemoth is big. And how big is he compared to Job? Uh, quite. Quite large. As a matter of fact, Behemoth would likely make um, an African elephant look rather small. And what about dependence? What does the, de- the Behemoth depend upon? Well, it eats grass, like an ox. Ultimately, what does behemoth depend upon? Because it's the same thing that man depends upon. Uh, That would be God. And all that God gives us for our survival. Right. What if God gave Job the commission? You got to take care of behemoth. I don't want to muck that stall. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's my response. What kind of a job? Do you think he'd be up for that job? Uh, Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Just remember, okay, God is bigger than Bohemoth, and you don't want to have anything to do with Bohemoth. No. Okay? No. So be careful what you say to a bigger God. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I, I don't want to make God angry at me. I don't want to, I don't want to have to clean up after him. So, this set of questions is a little bit different. It is. Because the different character is asking the questions, and it's the only character that counts. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's the only character that counts in our lives, too. 
It doesn't matter what our friends are saying, what our mates are saying, what our family is saying, what the world is saying. They can say all they want. Some of it may be true, mm-hmm. but ultimately, God is the only truth. And it's his word that you have to listen to most carefully. Yes. We ought to look at the second set of questions. All right. That um, God asks Job, or he says to Job. Imagine God saying to Job, asking Job this question. It's almost sacrilegious. Job, Mm -hmm. God asked Job, am I the sinner doing things the wrong way? That's what God is saying to Job. Maybe I'm the sinner. Okay, and I do things the wrong way after everything that God has explained to this point that he has created and how it works. But you know what? I like God. He has a sense of humor. He's willing to make Job a deal. He is. Yeah. He is. It's he, a good deal, too. Yeah, he probably knows that At Job, least you think. Job, Job's a businessman. He's probably made a lot of deals. Here's the deal. Yep. The deal is, what is it, Job, you can do? Show me. Mm-hmm. Your turn to get on the stage. Show me what you can do. What can you create? What can you make? What can you control? Can you pull a star down from heaven? Let yep. me let me see what your moon looks like. Yep. Well, what's the reality to that question? If God asked that question of you or I, I can do nothing. I I can't I pull think, a star I down. Think, I can't create. I think a moon. I'm not going to answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got his hand over his mouth for good reason at this point. I right. mean. There, there is no answering. Right, he does. This. He doesn't want to answer. No, it's rhetorical. Right, he doesn't want to. Say, ever, ever hear of a basically digging your hole deeper? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, Job already realizes that he's in the hole. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's, he's just now very wisely realized he needs to stop shoveling. If I was asked all of these questions by God. And I was speechless, and I couldn't. I knew I couldn't come up with an answer. Mm-hmm. I would say that that would be a, a very deep course in humbling me to the point of realizing that I'm not so great. Yeah, I'm not so great. Now, was Job considered, in human terms, a great man? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I mean, he had he had these rich and powerful friends. He had all sorts of land and livestock and servants. He was he was a prominent figure. Even the city acknowledged him. Yep. As a prominent figure. Yep. But guess what? What? That's the earthly plane. Yes. Yes it is. So so what the earth values may have some credibility. But you know the expression, man looks upon what? What you got, who you are, the outward appearance. But mm-hmm. God looks, looks upon what inside. you're really thinking, yep. on who you really are, okay, and what your relationship is to him. Right. So... Our sense of values 
becomes the hidden values right. are more valuable than the observable values. Yep. Yep. What's, what's interesting is, is after this dialogue, the deal that God makes with Job is he says, you know, you ask me why, you ask me how, okay? You have an attitude where one day I'm, I'm great and next day you want to kill yourself because you, you can't stand life anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you go, you go vacillating from one to the other. You're like a yo-yo. Yep. Okay. But you know what? I'm glad Job has expressed the fact that he's like a yo-yo. Because we're like yo-yos. Yes, we are. We have good days and we have bad days. We have we have ups and we have downs. We have days that we question what God is doing. We yes. Have, we have days that we don't like what God is doing. <laughs> True. We have days that we don't even like what we are doing. Right. Okay? And it's interesting. In those days... All any of us want is to get out of those kind of days. We're looking to be saved from yes, those are. days. So God knows Job. God knows that Job wants to get out of this mess that he's in. Mm-hmm. You know, he would rather get out of the mess that he's in than to know the question about why he's in the mess that he's in. So... God decides, knowing this about Job, just like he knows about us. Right. He knows how far to take us. He knows what strings to pull. Right. Okay. To make us go, ouch. Yes. So in this particular case, he decides that he is going to, God decides that he is going to apply, appeal to Job's intellect. Mm-hmm. This is about attitudes, isn't it? Yes. And intellect has something to do with attitudes. A little bit. Okay, so what God does here now is is God says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to prove yourself, save yourself. Yep. Now, how many people do you know say, I don't need God, I'm good enough? I've heard that just about verbatim. Yep. And how many people that you know, they say, well, I'm in control of my my life, I will save myself. Uh Uh-huh. How quite many, a, how quite many, a few I've known over the How years. many succeed? Yep. Not a single one of them. Do you know what the problem is, is with their assumption? Uh, the same, I mean, a, in a lot of ways, the same thing Job is thinking. Their assumption is defective. And their assumption is defective. And if, unfortunately, their assumption doesn't follow through to the end. Their idea of being saved is being saved right now from what is in this life. Mm -hmm. God is talking more about being saved for what? For For later. For the life yet to come. Well, I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day about instant gratification in our culture. And that's what Job is looking at. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. That's Job wants instant gratification. He wants to be immediately rescued from the spot that he's in right now. And because that's not happening, he's, he's blaming ha- God. He's having a pity fit. Yes, he is. He's, he's throwing a tantrum just like a four-year-old. But we do in our own way, too. Yes, we do. It's just that somebody had the courage to write this down. <laughs> I, so, yeah. 
So what, 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 what is Somebody the challenge? Did. The challenge that God gave Job, do we have the right to assume the same challenge? Absolutely. Okay. Well, so what was that challenge? Read the challenge. The challenge is go save yourself. How? If you think you can... Oh, I'm going to reread it. Okay. How? <laughs> How? Go put on your glory and your splendor. Put on your own honor and majesty. Go vent your anger. Let it overflow against the proud. Go and humiliate the proud with just a glance. Walk on the wicked where they stand, bury them in the dust, and imprison them in the world of the dead. Go save yourself. Go and be high and mighty and self-righteous and do all these things and succeed. Then... Even I, God, would praise you, for your own strength would save you. And the word praise means what? To give glory. What else does it mean? It means to worship. Yep. God would worship, but you know what? The whole statement is ironical. It is completely and totally ironical. I will tell you... This uh, humiliate the proud with a glance. Okay. I have known, I've known a few people in my life that have that look, the look. If looks could kill you, you'd have died twice. You're talking about my first grade teacher? <laughs> <laughs> your first grade, my third grade, whatever, you know? <laughs> um, I've known a few people that have the look. That look doesn't humiliate anybody. That look isn't about humiliation. That, it's a shame. That some... look is about shame. Shame. Yep. Okay. I... I can't humble... Which is really, I mean, the word humiliate has a, I don't like the word humiliate here. It means tear here. down. It means tear down, but really it means to humble. In this usage, we're talking about humble the proud with a glance. Humble the proud with a glance. Can you imagine? Can you imagine some of the, some of the most prideful people in our nation in our world right now can you imagine glancing at them and having them instantly become humble instantly fall to their knees and cry out that they're wrong that you know and confess all their sins and give glory to god and i i can't even imagine that I can imagine that with Jesus. I can imagine Jesus doing it. That's not a problem. I can't imagine me doing it. Right. Right? Right. Maybe that, I shouldn't say that's a problem. That's right is what it is. But God says, humble 
humble the proud with a glance. Make the hum or make the proud humble just by looking at them. That's impossible for us. That is impossible. How does the world humble a person? The world doesn't. They use tactics that are questionable. They right. use force. They use intimidation. Right. They use depravity. They will humble you. Okay, but the way of humbling you takes far more work than the God of a glance. Right. You put enough weight on my shoulders and I'll hit my knees. When God that, that's how that's how you humble me. You put so much weight on my shoulders that I can no longer stand. What's you, interesting is when I humble myself and when God humbles me, no weight's added, the weight's actually removed. Do you know when God humbles you? Jesus did it with the um with the Pharisees, with mm-hmm. the with the woman caught in adultery. Oh yeah. Okay. But when God humbles a man, mm-hmm. you know he knows all about you. And there's nothing you can say. You are humbled because you know he knows. He knows. Yeah. Everything in that moment is laid bare. You have nothing to hide behind. So think about the glance of God. Mm-hmm. Okay? He knows. He knows. All right. So God is saying, if you can prove yourself greater than I am, then you can save yourself. Maybe not even greater, as great. Prove that you're as great as I am and he can save yourself. Yeah, who needs God for salvation? Yeah, if I'm as great as he is. I can forgive myself because sure. there's nothing to forgive. I'm well, perfect. and if I'm as great as God, then yeah. I would have to sin against myself. How can I actually do that? No, because I've licensed myself to do everything I've done. Exactly. <laughs> so that just... Uh, that really does turn into a pretty nasty circle, doesn't it? Why don't you take a look at how God finally ends the chapter? How he ends the chapter? Yeah, how he ends the chapter. All right. Are you... I have it down here at the bottom. You have it down here. I I was actually looking at the at the second half of it where he starts talking about the behemoth, but I don't think that's what you actually no, are but looking fi- for. The, how he ends the chapter with, after all of his descriptions and examples. After all of it. After all of that, okay, he makes a statement. And his statement is, I run the universe. Yep. Okay. Who can confront me and get away with it? That's the question. He says, yep, declares, I run the universe. And who do you think you are that you can confront me and get away with it? Uh-huh. But that applies to all of us. It does. Who tries to blame God for everything. It okay? does. Because that's a confrontation to God. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is in the bold, capitalized, is what? Read the bold, capitalized. All you have to know is this, and you know the importance of the whole chapter. What is it? That I'm in charge of the drama. 
in my life. You're in charge of the drama? No, read it. I am in charge of the drama of life. I am in charge of the drama of life. Right. Is that a true statement? I would think in a lot of ways, the way I'm reading this and understanding this, I really like it because it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. It because, is tongue-in-cheek. Because <laughs> I was hoping you'd I've, I've, got, I've come to know you. I was hoping I've come to that. know you. Okay. okay. Yeah. It, it's totally tongue-in-cheek because I'm not really in control of anything. But if you're in control of the drama of your life, okay, I'm in control of how I react to then things. Then you've got to be responsible right. for that drama. You right. are the director. You wrote it. You directed mm -hmm. it. You're playing in it. How will you end it? Right. But I look at people. This, this comment makes me look at the people around me and look at the people in, in the culture, in the world. And what's interesting is the people with the highest amount of drama in their lives also the people that project their drama onto other people. The people with low drama lives don't create any. It's true. How should that sentence really read? How should that statement really read? How should that statement really read? Yeah. This is the reality of how most human beings really are, but what is the reality based upon the chapter you just read in the humiliation of Job in this chapter? How should that last line really read? I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. I would say maybe uh I'm in charge of my pride. How about I am that I am in charge of the drama of life? Who the, is the I am is in charge the of the I drama of life. I am that I am in charge of the drama okay. of life. And can the creature... Tell the creator what to do. No. 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 And therefore you have the I am. Mm-hmm. All right. I like it. The I am is in charge of the drama. That's good. I'll leave it. I'll leave it up to him. I'll I'll let him be in charge of that. And while I'm at it, I'll try and let him be in charge of all the other ways I try to take charge of my own life. You know, it's funny. You were talking about a water heater at your house. Yes. That needs work. And I'm talking about a spa leak, okay, that I'm in charge of at my house. Yep, yep. And so I'm sitting over there and saying, I'm having a hard time stopping a water leak. Okay, you're having a hard time trying to figure out your water heater. Okay, and we want to be in charge? <laughs> 
Yeah, if I can't be in charge of the plumbing, maybe, maybe that automatically disqualifies me from being in charge okay. of anything. I don't need to have a dialogue with God. This is humiliating enough. Yeah. Because <laughs> my, well, wife, my wife is going to say to me, she's going to say, you got that leak fixed yet? And I don't have an answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just put your hands over your mouth. I'm going to be you, like keep you, yep. <laughs> Don't say nothing stupid. Put the hands over your mouth. <laughs> I think we will save you any further humility for the day, Steve. Thank you. I, I think we'll... Uh, I appreciate that. We'll, we'll end here. So The finale is coming next week. Yes, it is. Job 42, the very last chapter in Job. Yep. Okay? Yep. It's a chapter of rejoicing. Yes, it is. So, as bad as it may look up to this point, okay, you will learn about the saving grace of God in the restoration of his servant. And, yes, this is, this is the climax of the book. We definitely do not want to miss the last chapter. And some, and some interesting facts that most people do not know will be revealed. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Steve, you have yourself a great week. Thank you so much for coming in. You're more than welcome. Thank you, Dustin.